Chapter Fifteen of Three Years in the Federal Cavalry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Three Years in the Federal Cavalry by Willard Glazier. Chapter Fifteen: Capture of the Author, 1863. Fight at James City. Music of Retreat. Fourth Cavalry fight at brandy station critical situation kilpatrick undaunted davies and custer the grand charge the escape the scene subsequent charges and counter charge the cavalry routed the rappahannock recrossed in safety infantry reconnaissance to brandy station comical affair at bagleton station thrilling adventure at stuart his escape Battle of Bristow. Casualties. Retreat continued. Destruction of railroad by the rebels. Kilpatrick at Buckland Mills. Unpleasant surroundings. Sagety and daring. The author's capture. Fall. Insensibility. Change of scene. The end. Introduced to prison life. Early in the morning of October 10th, the enemy, in heavy force, came down upon our pickets along the robertson river driving us back in haste and occupying the fords the flank movement of general lee was fully understood he had crossed the rapidan advanced to madison court house and was lapping around our right wing threatening it with destruction quick work on our part was now necessary swift messengers from officers high in command brought orders to retire with promptness but in good order if possible our boys in many instances were compelled to leave uneaten and even untasted their palatable preparations for breakfast of roast lamb sweet potatoes fine wheat bread milk and honey etc to attend to the stern and always unpleasant duties of a retreat with the enemy pressing very close upon us sharp skirmishing took place at the river and the successive crack of carbines afforded the music of our march to james city where the conflict deepened into a battle which raged with fury and slaughter the enemy conscious of having outgeneraled us in this instance and having at least a temporary advantage was bold and defiant he was met however with corresponding vigor those contesting legions which had so often measured sabres in the fearful charge and hand-to-hand -hand encounter again appealed to the god of battle and wrestled with herculean strength for the mastery night came on at length to hush the strife and the weary men and horses sought repose from the bloody fray october eleventh with the first pencilings of the morning light we took up our line of march towards the rappahannock skirmishing continued nearly every step of the way on the Sparrowville pike to culpepper we were closely pursued and heavily pressed at culpepper the corps separated greg who had come by way of cedar mountain passed out on the road to sulphur spring buford moved in the direction of stevensburg leaving kilpatrick alone on the main thoroughfare along the railroad line kilpatrick accompanied by pleasanton had scarcely left culpepper when hampton's legions made a furious attack upon his rear guard with the hope of breaking through upon the main column to scatter it or of so retarding its progress that a flanking column might fall upon him ere he could reach the safe shore of the rappahannock 
our infantry which yesterday occupied this ground had retired leaving the cavalry to struggle out of the toils of the enemy as best as it could gallantly repelling every attack of the enemy our command moved on without expending much of its time and material until opposite the residences of hon john minor botts where a few regiments suddenly wheeled about and facing the pursuing foe charged upon them with pistols and sabres giving them a severe check and an unexpected repulse on arriving at brandy station kilpatrick found himself in a most critical situation with an accumulation of formidable difficulties on every hand which threatened his annihilation buford who had been sharply pursued by fitzhugh lee's division over the plains of stevensburg had retired more rapidly than kilpatrick and unaware of his commander's danger had suffered lee to plant his batteries on the high hills which commanded kirkpatrick's right while the rebel troopers in three heavy lines of battle held the only route by which kilpatrick could retreat lee's sharpshooters also occupied the woods in the immediate vicinity of kilpatrick's columns where they were making themselves a source of damage and great annoyance to increase the danger of the situation stuart by hard marching had swung around to kilpatrick's left and had taken possession of a range of hills planted batteries and was preparing to charge down upon the surrounded division below this was a situation to try the stoutest hearts nothing daunted however by this terrific array of the enemy kilpatrick displayed that decision and daring which has ever characterized him as a great cavalry leader and he proved himself worthy of the brave men who compose his command his preparation for the grand charge was soon completed forming his division into three lines of battle he assigned the right to davies the left to custard and placing himself with pleasanton in the centre he advanced with unwavering determination to the contest having approached to within a few yards of the enemy's line on his front he ordered his band to strike up a national air to whose spirit-stirring strains was joined the blast of scores of bugles ringing forth the charge with his usual daring davis was foremost in the fray leading his command for the fourth time on this memorable field to his men he had addressed these stirring words soldiers of the first brigade i know you have not forgotten the example of your brave comrades who in past engagements here were not afraid to die in defence of the old flag custer the daring terrible demon that he is in battle pulled off his cap and handed it to his orderly then dashed madly forward in the charge while his yellow locks floated like pennants on the breeze pennington and elder handled their batteries with great agility and success at times opening huge gaps in the serried lines of the enemy fired to an almost divine potency and with a majestic madness this band of heroic troopers shook the air with their battle-cry and dashed forward to meet the hitherto exultant foe ambulances forges and cannons with pack-horses and mules non-combatants and others all joined to swell the mighty tide brave hearts grew braver and faltering ones waxed warmer and stronger until pride of country had touched this raging sea of thought and emotion kindling an unconquerable principle which emphatically affirmed every man a hero unto death so swiftly swept forward this tide of animated power that the rebel lines broke in wild dismay before the uplifted and firmly grasped sabres of these unflinching veterans who feeling that life and country were at stake 
risked them both upon the fearful issue kilpatrick thus escaped disaster defeated his pursuers captured several pieces of the enemy's artillery and presented to the beholders one of the grandest scenes ever witnessed in the new world by heaven it was a splendid sight to see for one who had no friend or brother there no one who looked upon that wonderful panorama can ever forget it on the great field were riderless horses and dying men clouds of dust from solid shot and bursting shell occasionally obscured the sky broken caissons and upturned ambulances obstructed the way while long lines of cavalry were pressing forward in the charge with their drawn sabres glistening in the bright sunlight far beyond the scene of tumult were the quiet dark green forests which skirt the banks of the rappahannock the poet harvard in his schaudenberg has well described the scene hark the death-denouncing trumpets sound the fatal charge and shouts proclaim the onset destruction rushes dreadful to the field and bathes itself in blood havoc let loose now undistinguished rages all around while ruin seated on her dreary throne sees the plain strewn with subjects truly hers breathless and cold the rebel cavalry undoubtedly ashamed of their own conduct in defeat reorganized their broken ranks and again advanced upon kilpatrick and buford whose divisions had united to repel the attack for at least two long hours of slaughter these opposing squadrons dashed upon one another over these historic fields charges and countercharges followed in quick succession and at times the gray and the blue were so confusedly commingled together that it was difficult to conjecture how they could regain their appropriate places quite a number of prisoners were made on both sides it was a scene of wild commotion and blood this carnival continued until late at night when the exhausted and beaten foe sank back upon safer grounds to rest while our victorious braves crowned with undying laurels gathered up their wounded and dead companions and unmolested recrossed the rappahannock october twelfth to-day a portion of our infantry was thrown across the rappahannock they advanced by a forced march to reconnoitre as far as brandy station where they met the enemy in force and engaged him in a sharp contest they returned however without serious loss our main army is retreating toward washington on the evening of the thirteenth while bivouacking near bealton station a serio-comical scene diverted for a time the attention of our officers and men by a strange accident an ammunition wagon took fire which caused the rapid explosion of its contents shells flew and burst in every direction and the apparent musketry was terrible the consequence was a widespread alarm which brought every trooper to his horse ready to engage the foe who was supposed to have made a furious onset great merriment and relished rest followed the discovery of the cause of the disturbance especially as no one was seriously hurt since our last reconnaissance to brandy station stuart had been very active following our rear very closely and committing all the depredations possible in his hands have fallen many stragglers who it is true were of very little use to us but who would count as well and true men in the rebel lists exchanges of our prisoners some of stuart's performances were exceedingly hazardous as the following well-described narrative from a well-known pen will clearly show Quote, 
stuart with two thousand of his cavalry pressed our rear so eagerly that when near Calette's station he had inadvertently got ahead by a flank movement of our second corps general warren acting as a rear guard and was hemmed in where his whole command must have been destroyed or captured had he not succeeded in hiding in a thicket of old field pines close by the road whereon our men marched by the rear of the corps encamping close beside the enemy utterly unsuspicious of their neighborhood though every word uttered in our lines as they passed was distinctly heard by the lurking foe stuart at first resolved to abandon his guns and attempted to escape with moderate loss but finally picked three of his men and gave them muskets made them up so as to look as much as possible like our soldiers and thus dropped silently into our ranks as they passed march a while then slip out on the other side of the column and make all haste to general lee at warrington in quest of help during the night two of our officers who stepped into the thicket were quietly captured at daylight the crack of skirmishers muskets in the distance gave token that lee had received and responded to the prayer for help when stuart promptly opened with grape and canister on the rear of our astounded column which had bivouacked just in his front throwing it into such confusion that he easily dashed by and rejoined his chief having inflicted some loss and suffered little or none battle of bristow the above manoeuvres were a great and unexpected or unsought risk which however did not prove disastrous to the authors but which might not again be ventured with similar results a performance resembling it somewhat was enacted by the rebels but with very different issue early in the morning of the fourteenth a p hill's corps left warrenton with orders to strike our rear at bristow station they moved up the alexandria turnpike to broad run church where they deflected on the road to greenwich and soon after struck our trail just behind the third corps and eagerly pursued it they were busy picking up stragglers and making some preparations for an attack upon our unsuspecting corps when about noon general warren's second corps which was still behind and bringing up the rear made its appearance on the tapis and materially changed the program of the scene hill finding himself nicely sandwiched or trapped by his own indiscretion turned away from the retreating third corps to fight and if possible drive back the advancing second warren's surprise in finding an enemy in force before him was not less than hill's in finding one behind him but it took warren only about ten minutes to adjust himself to this unexpected position of affairs when his batteries opened with such precision and effect aided by the musketry of his infantry that the rebels fell back in much greater haste than they had advanced leaving six of their guns in our hands and multitudes of dead wounded and prisoners five of the captured guns still serviceable were at once seized and used against the disappointed foe with telling power one historian says our loss in killed and wounded was about two hundred including colonel james e mallon forty-second new york killed and general tile of pennsylvania wounded that of the enemy was probably four hundred besides prisoners including generals posey mortally kirkland and cook wounded and colonels ruffin first north carolina and thompson fifth north carolina cavalry killed this bristow fiasco was a stunning blow to the rebel pursuit and greatly checked their incursions but our soldiers held the field so lately won only until dark and then followed the rest of the army whose retreat they had so effectually covered 
general meade continued his retreat to centreville and then seemingly ashamed as well he might be of his flight would have retraced his steps and pushed back the insolent foe but he was prevented from executing his plans by a heavy rainstorm which began on the sixteenth while he was awaiting the arrival of pontoons to enable him to recross bull run which was enormously swollen the enemy after some daring skirmishes along his front and some feints of attack retreated quite rapidly completely destroying the orange and alexandria railroad from manassas junction to the rappahannock a more thorough work of destruction was never witnessed scarcely a tie even remained ties were generally heaped together and set on fire and the rails were laid upon the heaps crosswise as the middle of the rails became heated the ends looped down forming a graceful bow they were thus effectually ruined in many instances the rails thus heated were twisted around the trees the roads and the telegraph lines and posts were utterly demolished for a few days the harris light was bivouacking near sudley church and the cavalry was picketing scouting and patrolling on either side of bull run and on one occasion while endeavoring to ford the swollen stream several men and horses were drowned october eighteenth to-day kilpatrick advanced with his division which consists of custer's and davies brigade to within half a mile of gainesville where we bivouacked for the night a terrific rainstorm raged nearly all night making our condition very uncomfortable and rendering the going impractical except upon the turnpikes at this time of the year these night storms in virginia are very cold and the sufferings of men mostly unsheltered as we were are beyond description on such a night one will naturally recall such a passage as the following from byron's child herald quote, the sky is changed and such a change o night and storm and darkness ye are wondrous strong yet lovely in your strength as is the light of a dark eye in a woman far along from peak to peak the rattling crags among leaps the live thunder not from one lone cloud but every mountain now hath found a tongue and jura answers through her misty shroud back to the joyous alps who call to her aloud and this is in the night most glorious night thou wert not sent for slumber let me be a sharer in thy fierce and far delight a portion of the tempest and of thee unquote. it is true that the poet looking out upon the storm and listening to its mutterings from his comfortable studio may call such a night glorious and may find in it depths of inspiration and delight but to us poor soldiers it seemed more appropriate to take up shakespeare's lines quote, the tyranny of the open nights too rough for nature to endure while every one felt to say gathering clouds like meeting armies come on apace lee's mithridates all night long our pickets along cedar run were confronted by stuart's pickets though no disposition to fight us was manifested in the morning dripping with wet and somewhat stiffened with cold we were ordered in battle array early in the morning and the command about two thousand strong advanced towards buckland mills the rebel pickets were quickly withdrawn and their whole force slowly and without resistance retired before us with some degree of hesitation yet unconscious of imminent danger we advanced on the main turnpike towards warrenton our advance brigade had just passed new baltimore when fitzhugh lee who had surprised and cut his way through a small detachment of our infantry 
at thoroughfare gap then had swiftly swung around our right by an unpicketed road fell upon our rear guard at buckland mills and opened upon our unsuspecting column with a battery of flying artillery at this signal stuart who had hitherto retired before us quietly now turned about and advanced upon us in front with terrible determination thus unexpected troubles were multiplying around us scarcely had we time to recover our senses from the first shock of attack upon our rear and front when general gordon with a division of infantry until now concealed behind a low range of hills and woods on our left appeared upon the scene and advanced upon our flank with a furious attack which threatened to sever our two small brigades and to annihilate the entire command we were now completely surrounded by a force which outnumbered us at least four to one this was a critical situation but kill as the general is familiarly styled among us seemed to comprehend it in a moment all thought and effort now centralized in a plan of escape from these snares which the enemy had laid for us and into which we had too easily thrown ourselves kilpatrick is supposed by some to have unnecessarily exposed himself in which he suffered his first defeat though escaping with a remarkably small loss quickly ordering his force to wheel about he led them back in a determined charge upon lee's column and artillery now planted on the banks along cedar run this timely order executed with masterly skill saved his command from utter disaster and justified his course as it was however he lost nearly three hundred men including quite a number who were drowned in the creek while endeavoring to escape the scene was one of great confusion and distress the author's capture by the sudden evolution of the command when the order was first executed the harris light which was in front while advancing was thrown in the rear and was thus compelled to meet the desperate charges of the enemy in pursuit and to defend itself as best it could from fire on the flank having reached a slight elevation of ground in the road we made a stand and for some time checked the advancing columns of the rebels by pouring into their ranks rapid and deadly volleys from our carbines and revolvers stuart who commanded in person saw clearly that the quickest and almost only way to dislodge us was by charging upon us and consequently ordering the charge he came with a whole brigade amid deafening yells our men stood firmly almost like rocks before the surging sea we were soon engaged in a fierce hand-to-hand -hand conflict with the advancing columns in byron's corsair we find a description of the scene quote, within a narrow ring compressed beset hopeless not heartless strive and struggle yet ha now they fight in firmest file no more hemmed in cut off cleft down and trampled o'er but each strikes singly silently at home and sinks outwearied rather than o'ercome his last faint quittance rendering with his breath till the blade glimmers in the grasp of death unquote. At this important juncture, my faithful horse was shot under me, and we both fell to the ground. Meanwhile, our little party, outnumbered ten to one, was hurled back by the overpowering shock of the rebels, who rode directly over me. Injured somewhat by the falling of my horse, and nearly killed by the charging squadrons, which one after the other trod upon me, I lay in the mud, for some time quite insensible how long i lay there i cannot tell but when i returned to consciousness the scene had changed i was in the hands of a rebel guard who were carrying me hastily from the hard-fought field my arms had been taken from me and my pockets rifled of all their valuables including my watch 
i was unceremoniously borne to the vicinity of an old building where i met a number of my comrades who with me had shared the misfortunes of the day and thus ended three years and more of camping and campaigning with the harris light what i saw and endured thought and experienced during a little more than a year among the rebels in several of their loathsome prisons may be found recorded in a volume i published in eighteen sixty five entitled the capture prison pen and escape Fini. end of chapter fifteen end of three years in the federal cavalry by willard glazier